Welcome to Improbable Walks, the podcast that brings you to the streets of Paris, wherever you are. My name is Lisa Passold, and I'm a writer and traveler who loves to walk in the City of Light. Every episode, we step into history by strolling down a different block of the city, exploring buildings and people of the past and of the present. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your time and ears. If you're just discovering the podcast, please check out my website, lisapassel.com for previous streets and more information. You can support this free podcast by visiting my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lisapassold. Today, we're walking in the 5th arrondissement on the left bank, down a small street called Rue de la Boucherie, which you might know as the address of the famous Shakespeare and Company bookshop. However, let's start at the opposite end, in the east, one block south of the river, on the left bank. From here, the furthest corner of Rue de la Boucherie, we have a good view of the construction going on right now, repairing the roof of Notre-Dame. As we stand here, we're looking at a small square, though really it's more of a green semicircle attached to the nearest building on Rue de la Boucherie. This tiny green corner is named for Restif de la Bretonne, and believe me, that is a name to conjure with. Printer, pornographer, memoir writer, Protestant in a largely Catholic world, and by the end of his life, possibly even a member of the police, Restif de la Bretonne is a very memorable personality. Despite his name, de la Bretonne was not Breton. He was from Burgundy. Born in 1734, Restif learned the printing trade in Auxerre and at the age of 21 migrated to the big city of Paris. Here, a little ways down the Rue de la Boucherie at number 16, Restif set up a printing press, mostly to publish his own books. He wrote a best-selling autobiography, largely fictitious, along with several pornographic novels. One of his most popular titles was La Paysanne Pervertie, The Perverted Peasant. He had two volumes of that series, first male and then female peasants, presumably to appeal to all demographics. Oddly, Restif loathed his contemporary colleague, the aristocratic pornographer Marquis de Sade. Their class differences infuriated Restif, who was frequently penniless. Undaunted by debt, or perhaps spurred to generate more income, Restif wrote all kinds of books. Dubious internet sources claim that Restif invented the term pornographer. But what's really interesting about his work, and what's definitely true, is that his books include science fiction, fantasy, and an intriguing book about insomnia, Nuit de Paris, which I love. Nuit de Paris is a fascinating promenade through the city at night, and it's readily available in modern edition. Please check out my website to see a wild image from the 1788 edition, which shows Restif walking through Paris with a stuffed owl on his head. Really. Restif was surrealist before it was fashionable. Restif was well-known in his time. German authors like Goethe found his books fascinating. 
After his death, though, in 1806, his books fell sadly out of fashion until the early 20th century, when the Paris Surrealists rediscovered his work. Today, the rare original print runs that Restif created on this street are prized editions because of their stylistic quirks, and Restif de la Bretonne has his own plaque at number 16, just down the street here. As a final flourish to an already unique life, rumors claim that Restif was offered a police position just before his death in 1806. In an added layer of mystery, though, it's unclear if he lived long enough to take up the position or if the offer was even true. Let's imagine ourselves in the company of Restif, maybe with that owl on his head, and let's walk a little ways down this evocative street. The name of Rue de la Boucherie refers to the logs or bûche that Paris needed to survive the winter cold. The port on the Seine, where logs were unloaded, was located right here, and the street name evolved sometime in the early 1300s. So the street was not named for butchers, but in fact for woodcutters, who are called bûcheurs, hence boucherie. Fairly short, relatively narrow, this street runs parallel to the Seine and shows its age with its crooked layout and great variety of buildings. One can easily imagine the original medieval street which ran up from the muddy banks with those logs being unloaded and put on carts for delivery. If the great medieval poet Dante really did get to Paris, this is the sort of street I can imagine him walking along. In fact, Rue de la Boucherie is right near the Rue Dante and the Rue de Bièvre, where Dante may have lived. Check out my very first podcast from June 2020 for more info about the Florentine poet and Rue de Bièvre. Today, as we walk along Rue de la Boucherie, the next literary landmark has Russian connections, the Bibliothèque Russe, Turgenev was once housed here at number 13, in part of the former mansion Hotel Colbert. The library offered a huge collection of Russian works, founded in 1875 by a friend of Karl Marx. Since writer Turgenev encouraged the enterprise and donated many of his own books, the library was renamed in his honor at his death in 1883. The Russian library survived here and sponsored many events over the years, both musical and literary. It continued until the occupation during World War II, when the collection was stolen by the Nazis. 100,000 books were apparently loaded into metal trunks and shipped to Berlin. Some were later taken by the Soviets, but most disappeared forever. That's not the only literary history on this corner, however. At number 11, still part of what was once the Hotel Colbert, philosopher Simone de Beauvoir lived on the top floor. There, from 1948 to 1954, conveniently close to her favorite Saint-Germain cafés, de Beauvoir wrote some of her greatest work, including The Second Sex and Les Mandarins. She shared her apartment for part of that time with the communist journalist and filmmaker Claude Lanzmann. 
They remained close friends until her death in 1986. Lonsman once said he would never have written and produced his great nine-hour documentary, Shoah, without her help and encouragement. Today, if you're walking down this block of Rue de la Boucherie, you might run into the founder of the Paris Writers Group, writer and publisher Mary Duncan, who's originally from California. These days, the Paris Writers Group meets at number 8, Rue de la Boucherie. Across the street from here, you can't help but notice an amazing domed historical amphitheater. As you may already know, our oldest Paris, Hospital, is the Hôtel Dieu, over on Ile de la Cité. Today, you see it when you stand in the open piazza facing Notre-Dame. The Hôtel Dieu Hospital is just your left if you're standing there. Now, the Hôtel Dieu Hospital dates back approximately to the 7th century, and it was originally founded to help pilgrims. The hospital, basically a hospice at that point, offered housing for pilgrims and the destitute. As the need for hospitality grew, the Hôtel Dieu grew as well, until it needed an annex. Which is the connection here to Rue de la Boucherie? The annex was built not on Ile de la Cité, but over on the left bank, on Rue de la Boucherie, further on, towards what used to be Petit Châtelet, an arched defensive entrance that led onto Ile de la Cité. Now, why was the annexed Hôtel Dieu put over here? Well, it's very logical, because Rue de la Boucherie crosses an important ancient Roman boulevard, the Rue Saint-Jacques, which you can still stroll along today. The saint's name is a hint. The street of Saint-Jacques became the great pilgrimage route leading out of Paris. So when Hôtel Dieu needed an annex for their hospice, which served pilgrims, the intersection of Rue de la Boucherie and Saint-Jacques was the perfect location. And so the hospital annex and medicine came to this corner of Paris. The medical community grew as the Latin Quarter evolved into a university center. By the year 1470, a doctor set up shop here on this street at 15 Rue de la Boucherie. The building continued to be used by doctors and anatomists through the centuries. By 1608, a first amphitheater was built on this street by Doyen Nicolas Jabot. Now, Jabot was doctor for King Henry IV, my favorite Parisian king. Students studied anatomy here, and yes, that was pretty much as gruesome as you can imagine, but it was absolutely necessary to learn more about medicine. Now, the buildings you see here today are partly from the 1745 renovation. With time, this medical teaching amphitheater eventually fell out of use. By the 1800s, the gorgeous building had become a wash house or lavoir. By the 20th century, the medical complex was in such bad shape, the city considered demolition. Fortunately, mobilization by students and locals saved this historic site. In 2021, the Philanthro Lab opened here as a center for the encouragement of philanthropy. And while it's a bit vague how the center uses the building, they did a fantastic renovation job. Be sure to peek into the entrance courtyard through the grate so you can see the regilded lettering and clean stonework.
Now, let's keep walking along Rue de la Boucherie. We'll cross Rue La Grange and walk through the formal little park, Square René Viviani, named for the first French Minister of Labor. There's really no good reason for this particular square to be named for him. But what's interesting is that as you go beneath the trees, just to your left, you'll see the church of Saint-Julien-le-Pauvre. Now, this is an extremely old church, and it was crucial for university history, because throughout the Middle Ages, the rectors of the Paris University were elected right here in this small church. Unfortunately, in 1524, the students rioted and damaged the church, and as a result, the elections were moved. Very little of that damaged 12th century church remains. What you see today was rebuilt in the 1600s and again after the revolution. However, as you stroll by here, take note of the extremely old, rather hollow tree beside the church. Famously, this is known as the oldest still living tree in Paris. It was planted in about 1602, and the last time I walked beneath its branches last week, it was still alive, despite the odds. Emerging from the park, you may already spot the line waiting to get into the bookshop Shakespeare and Company on Rue de la Boucherie, which continues for one more block just after the park. As we examined in our Rue de l'Odeon podcast in our first year, Sylvia Beach founded the original Shakespeare and Company back in 1919. The original Shakespeare closed during the occupation, but in 1951, American George Whitman renamed his bookshop and took up the torch, bringing books, community, and virulently strong boiled coffee to Parisian literary types. These days, his daughter, named Sylvia in honor of Beach, continues the legacy. Fortunately, she's improved on her father's coffee. These days, you can buy a delicious coffee and snack in their cafe beside the bookshop on Rue de la Boucherie. But then go inside and buy a book. Shakespeare and Company Paris also has a great website and an annual subscription package if you're armchair traveling rather than walking along the street with this podcast. If you enjoyed this improbable walk, please subscribe to the podcast. For photos and details about today's walk, please visit my website, lisapassel.com. If you're looking for further links and information, you can support this free podcast by visiting my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lisapasold. Check it out to find out how I will send you postcards from the lovely city of Paris. And many thanks, as always, to my tiny podcast team, Bremner Fletcher for tech help, and David Simmons for the atmospheric accordion theme music. Until the next time we go walking into Paris history together.